0: for a look back on today's match. This is the full-time report with the voices of our Atlanta United, Mike Conti and Jason Longshore. Today's game is brought
2: to you by Equifax, proud partner of your Atlanta United. The Home Depot, with more ways to help
0: take on your home projects delivered right to your door. The Home Depot, how doers get more done. at the official wireless partner of Atlanta United. Mercedes-Benz, the best or
2: nothing. And Piedmont, an official healthcare provider of Atlanta United.
0: The home for MLS in Atlanta. Sports Radio 92.9, The Game. Here's the voices of our Atlanta United, Mike Conti and Jason Longshore.
2: Not the start that Atlanta United wanted to a very difficult three-match road trip. A 2-1 loss to Toronto tonight with a game-winning goal scored in the final 15 minutes by Ralph Prizo after Atlanta United fought so hard to equalize earlier in the second half. It was a night that started... On a really, really negative note for Atlanta United, Jason, with Brooks Lennon getting hurt at the end of warm-ups, apparently seriously hurt. And if we get any more information out of Gonzalo Pineda in the post-match press conference, we'll pass it along to you. But Pineda and the technical staff had to scramble. They uh, moved Aiden McFadden into the starting lineup. And Aiden actually did a really good job. But Atlanta United mentally was rattled by the Lennon injury, and they gave up a goal in the first 10 minutes. And uh, it just felt like they had to expend so much energy to dig out of that hole. When things got disjointed late in this match tonight, Toronto was able to capitalize.
3: Yeah, it was the struggle for them to get going. And, you know, we'll have to, to wait and hear what the injury was to Brooks Lennon. We didn't see it. We were in the midst of our pregame and talking about what was going on around the league. And we look down and we see Brooks Lennon being carried off the field by a Sadich and Mario Cruz. Not the way you want to start tonight, and the first ten minutes were not good for Atlanta United and there were some very distracted kinds of performances tonight. It wasn't a good night for Atlanta United and they weren't able to do enough to get a point on a weird night like the the goals were all kind of weird. It's a turnover that leads to the first it's a forced turnover that leads to the second Atlanta United's first, and then a deflection that leads to the third just an odd night where neither team had any rhythm but for a rhythm kind of team like atlanta united they're going to suffer on those nights more
2: the man of the match brought to you by heineken is R. arugio who uh, continued his personal goal scoring streak in all competitions to three with the goal he scored in the uh, 57th minute tonight it was a turnover that george campbell kind of started the sequence abara had the assist up to Arruge. It was a, a really kind of cheeky finish After looking at a couple of the different replays and Arruju had to leave the game late, you could tell that he really emptied the gas tank tonight.
3: Yeah, he was clutching at his right leg uh, for a lot of the second half as well. And he had a couple of heavy collisions, one with Quentin Westberg, but kept trying to get back into this. He created two chances to go along with the goal that he scored. He was fouled four times, and there were at least two others that should have been called. Uh, Araújo was consistently dangerous, and when Toronto in the second half was able to play much more physically on him, I think it did take a toll on Araujou, and and he left the field, you know, after having to come off with a, a right leg injury to some degree. Now, there was KT tape there, you know, could just be something that is sore. We don't know exactly, but a, a good night from him. He tried to put the team on his back in the second half, and wasn't able to find one more or find an assist to equalize.
2: So, Louisa Arrugia, the man of the match, brought to you by Heineken, the statistical recap, brought to you by Piedmont, an official healthcare partner of Atlanta United. Felt like, again, to me, even match, maybe slight tilt to Toronto, and the stats would kind of back that up. The shots were 15 15, shots on target, 4 2 to Toronto. The possession, 56-44 Atlanta. Key passes, 11-9 Atlanta. The expected goals, 1.54 to 1.30 in favor of Toronto. Uh, the passing accuracy, Atlanta United at 83% good, but not quite to their standard. Toronto at 78%. Toronto had seven corners. Atlanta had six. Uh, the duels won were 52-48 to Toronto. That was a problem for Atlanta. 13 fouls by Atlanta, 12 for Toronto, but I, I uh, want to
3: touch on that fouls number really yeah. quick because I, I think it tells you a, a big difference. 12 fouls for Toronto in the match, 12 13 total. It was 10 6 Toronto at halftime. Only two fouls called on Toronto in the second 45 minutes, seven on Atlanta United in that second 45, where it felt like the game was being called a little differently. Yeah. And Adarauju had a sequence of maybe 10 minutes where the heavy collision with Westberg, that, frankly, it's a reckless challenge from Quentin Westberg. He doesn't go studs up. One of the questions was what's the difference between, you know, situations where we've seen Brad Gazan red-carded, for example. Brad Gazan went in studs up, straight leg. This one, he doesn't do that, but in a way it's almost more dangerous because he goes into the legs with his body into Adarujo. It's a heavy collision. They're both banged up at the end of it. And then a foul for Marshall Rudy that wasn't called a couple more hits. Araujo was able to be you know hit a lot in the second forty five and only two fouls called that doesn't feel like the game we watched.
2: back to the Westberg Aruju collision was the decision correct
3: yeah i mean it's it's a judgment call like is is there justification for not? giving a a red or a foul there yeah there is um is there justification for calling it another way yes there is because it's reckless and it puts another player's safety at risk with the way westberg comes in he wins the ball but that doesn't guarantee that you didn't foul the player it doesn't guarantee that you don't get red carded it would have been a tough foul to give without giving a red and it's not as obvious of a red as if it's straight leg with studs up that's accepted as a red in that situation. But the way Quentin Westbrook came into Luis Ararujo, it is just as dangerous because of the way he comes in with his body into Ararujo's legs.
2: It's still confusing to me how the player that got booked in that sequence was Luis That Arruge. I have no I, idea. I, I don't understand that unless it was for dissent or, or for some magic words that not aware of it. That yeah,
3: that, that's the one that makes no sense when Toronto had 10 fouls in the first <clears> half and <throat> didn't see the kind of cards that you would think would go along with that.
2: Yeah, and I, I'm just. Uh, <laughs> Opta scored it reckless offense yellow on our uh, uh, I,
3: I, do, I don't understand I, that I, at all. If, it, if that's the yellow card, which I don't think is, Opta's not talking to the referee, correct. to be clear. If that's the yellow card, that's craziness because it's a 50-50 ball. If it's Aruju going back down because they think he's time-wasting at that point, no, that makes no sense either. It's unsporting it's, behavior, you could say. It, it, but, but that doesn't make any sense either. It's no. got to be dissent. That's right. the only reason why you'd give a yellow there, and even that feels completely out of I, whack after I, that collision.
2: Well, and, and I don't want to belabor this yeah. any further, but just one more question and again, you're right, Opta's not talking to the referee, right. so this could be changed.
3: Yeah, it's, it's a guessing could, game from Opta.
2: Could, however, Opta, and maybe even John Freeman, could they have ruled, you know what, Westberg won that ball cleanly and Orooji went into him. I, I don't know how you could get there. If but, you
3: did that, you're wrong. I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm sorry. I, I, if, just, if, I,
2: I don't know how you can get there, yeah. but that would be the only – I guess, possible explanation for the yellow.
3: Yeah, look, the Opta ruling means nothing in sure. that because it's the referee report that is the important thing. If the referee gives Araujo the yellow there for the challenge, then it's just a bad yellow card that yeah. shouldn't have been given. I agree.
2: All right, well, nonetheless, uh, Atlanta United falls to Toronto 2-1 tonight here at BMO Field. We'll come back with the highlights in a moment. Send us your questions and comments. M. Like Conti, 929 in that long shoe, and the full-time report continues after this. Sports Radio 92.9 The Game.
0: There's joy in every journey. Back, 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 to the full-time report. The home for our Atlanta United is Sports Radio 92.9 The Game.
2: All right, Atlanta United suffers a 2-1 defeat tonight here in Toronto. Atlanta United wants to remind you that for each Atlanta United clean sheet this season, they'll donate $2,000 to Children's Health Care of Atlanta in this year's donation total currently $6,000. Rocco Rios Novo, by the way, I thought played very well again tonight. The two goals allowed by Atlanta United tonight I do not believe were his fault. You're going to hear those goals now as part of the highlights. And, again, if you're just joining us, maybe you're just getting into your car from the movies or uh, a night out and you're trying to figure out what happened tonight. Things unraveled before the match even started for Atlanta United because, Brooks Lennon, at the end of the warm-up period, got hurt. And we have learned from Gonzalo Pineda in his post-match press conference that it was a left knee injury. And I believe he said it's going to have to be evaluated if yes. I heard that correctly. Yes. Uh, so that's what we know about Brooks Lennon. But Atlanta United, from a mental standpoint, very much shell-shocked. And in the eighth minute, they give up this goal to Jonathan Osorio to fall into an early 1-0 hole. Cozy Thompson, the 19-year-old homegrown player, signed his deal in February. Throwing it in behind the halfway line for Toronto. And he throws it right to George Campbell along the near touchline. Campbell then bounces it off Jimenez and it rolls to Aya Akinola. He'll dribble to the top of the arc and keep going parallel to goal. Now he sends it up to Jana Nelson in the far corner. Nelson takes a touch, passes into the box. Here is Osorio dribbling, shooting, and scoring. Jonathan Osorio. Scoring for the first time in his career against Atlanta United. It's his fourth goal of the year, and Toronto has the early lead. It's
3: a giveaway from Campbell, and everything kind of falls apart at that point. I think Nelson's pass was actually deflected, as a night of deflections, into Osorio. Now, Osorio then has a 1v1 that he wins, and he gets back to his right foot and is able to beat Rocco Rios-Novo. But it all starts with a giveaway from Campbell, who was very sure of himself with the ball at his feet last week. Not this week. He struggled in possession at times. He had a number of, of giveaways. This one ended up costing Atlanta United a goal.
2: So they're down 1-0 after only eight minutes. It wasn't long after that, though, where it felt like Atlanta United did steady themselves to their credit. And the remainder of the first half was played maybe with a slight edge to Atlanta. The, the halftime statistics certainly even. And then early in the second half, Atlanta United appeared to take direct control of the match with the payoff coming in the 57th minute. This goal, the hot play of the match brought to you by Scanna. Here's Toronto, with steal at the halfway line of Barra, sending it down the middle, Aruju, 2v2, Aruju into the box, to the penalty spot, Into the six, shot, score! Atlanta United equalizes in the 57th minute, and it's Luis Arruzhu scoring again. For over 20 years, Scan Energy has made it easy for Georgians to receive the best natural gas rates and excellent customer service. Call 877-467-2262 to sign up today. I, I said during the match broadcast, I didn't feel like George Campbell had uh, as good of a performance as he had last Sunday against Miami, but George Campbell was a very important part of the buildup to that goal.
3: This is what happens with a, a now 21-year-old player in George Campbell where you know he has games under his belt, but he's going to have ups and downs. Tonight he had him in the same match. He, he had some moments on the ball that I'm not used to seeing from him, but that kind of a play I am used to seeing from him. He steps up to defend forces the turnover. Ibadra pounces on it and hits a good pass through to Adarujo, although he still has a lot of work to do, and he's able to just delay, delay, delay to get Westberg to commit to one side, and Adarujo just slips it into the other side with his left foot.
2: So that came in the 57th minute. It was 1-1. It felt like Toronto surged. Atlanta repelled it. And then Toronto surged again. There was a shot that was blocked at the near post by Aiden McFadden out for a corner and on the ensuing corner we get this sequence that produced the produce is the game winning goal by Ralph Prizzo well raised into the near corner Moreno got back quickly short corner to Bradley top of the 18 slipped through to Marshall Routine block then a shot score Prizo. another deflection balls to Toronto and it's 2-1 Toronto in the 79th minute.
3: It's a crazy one because it's the short corner played to Bradley. He tries to hit the through ball. Moreno makes a great play on it to slide across and block that through ball. But the block goes from around the corner of the 18 to the the top of the arc. And Preso, full credit to him, no hesitation. He doesn't try to take a touch to settle. He hits a left-footed shot that... I think Rios Novo was screened a bit by defenders in front of him and he wasn't able to react quickly because it's it's a quick redirection and it's a great finish from Prizo. And it would hold
2: up. And Atlanta United suffered a 2 uh, excuse me 2-1 loss to Toronto tonight and Atlanta United just like that after getting back to the 500 mark on Sunday drop right back below now at 5-6 and 4 Toronto improves to 5-8. And three more to come on the full-time report. When we come back, we'll take your questions and comments on Twitter. Send them in to us at Mike Conti 929 and at Longshoe. More of the full-time report in a moment. 2-1 Atlanta United Falls to Toronto tonight on Sports Radio 92.9 The Game.
1: This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.
0: Back with more full-time report on Sports Radio 92.9 The Game.
2: Back live in Toronto, where Atlanta United tonight suffers a 2-1 defeat to Toronto FC. This has been a bogey team for Atlanta United, although not recently. Atlanta United 2-0 and 1 against Toronto last year, including their first ever road win here at BMO Field. Not to be tonight. It felt like maybe this one was destined for a draw. uh, But after Atlanta United gave up a goal in the eighth minute, it felt like a draw was maybe... Uh, the best they could ask for tonight. Let's take some of your questions and comments now on Twitter, and by Conti929. And at Longshoe, we'll start with Shiva. She says she's disappointed tonight by some performances. She does think this was the road game that Atlanta United had to win, and they did not, and now it's only going to get harder. And she's right. Atlanta United has never even scored a goal at Red Bull Arena in their uh, five-year history, and then, of course, going to Yankee Stadium where it's hard for anyone to get a win.
3: Yeah, look, soccer's not played on sheets of paper. That's the hard thing about it. And things can throw you out of whack. And I really think the injury and warm-ups to Brooks Lennon, I mean, just from a a logistical standpoint, it it throws everything out of whack because McFadden has to then scramble to be ready to start. You don't have time to talk about anything, about how the game's going to be different at that point because it's first who is going to play. Okay, get them ready. You don't have time for him to come in to sit with the team for even 90 seconds to say he's a different player than Brooks Lennon, and it all shows. It, it all shows in the way that this game started. I, I think we heard a little bit of uh, Gonzalo Pineda's press conference. We were able to catch some of it between commercial breaks, and I agree with him in that Like I don't, I don't fault the effort from the team at all, and, and I, I think that's something that we have to understand – There's a difference in the quality of a performance and the effort put into a performance. This team works hard. This team plays hard. And they did tonight. And, I mean, to the point that you saw multiple guys, like, hobbling off the field. They worked hard. Did they perform at the level that we're accustomed to? Not across the board. I thought George Campbell had a rough night. Um, I thought Marcelino Moreno had a somewhat disappointing night, although the numbers would back up that he was better than I think it felt like. Uh, Joseph Martinez didn't really get into the game very much. I thought Uju was very good. I thought McFadden in his role was very good. I I thought Ibarra was what we expect. He was his typical self. He was very combative. He was very disruptive. Hindman was solid. Alan Franco I thought was very good. Uh, I thought Rocco Rios Nova was good. Caleb Wiley not as involved in the attack as we needed, uh, as you needed to see. I think, you know, was it as good as we've seen from this team? No but it was still good enough to get something out of it, and they didn't. And that's the frustrating element.
2: Yeah, uh, speaking of McFadden, Abby uh, Schiffman says that McFadden and Rocco were her men of the match tonight.
3: Yeah, I I think McFadden just because of the situation, you know. It's such a crazy moment where he has not started in Major League Soccer before, and he's not expecting to. And I mentioned it during the match to the point that, you know, It's the very end of the warm-up. I mean, we'll take you back through it. It's the very end of the warm-up. We're in our next-to-last segment. We look down at the end of the segment, and Lennon's being carried off. The team, after doing some possession work in their warm-up, they're coming over for their last kind of activation of sprints and and side-to-side and stuff like that. And I'm looking down to see who's joined them, and nobody had at that point. So I'm trying to figure out, okay, because we went through what the possibilities were. McFadden never got the call to that point. They're going into the locker room. McFadden was held back to do a couple of extra sprints. Then he runs into the locker room to change, comes back out, and then you get into the, the team picture moment, and it's delayed because McFadden has to get a couple more sprints in because when you're warming up and you're not starting, you're not warming up, warming up. You're just knocking the ball around. You're getting loose. You warm up before you go in. He had to really warm up to get ready to start. So for him to be able to be in that moment, not expecting to play straight away, having to then get ready to play physically and mentally, and to be able to put in the performance he did, Aiden McFadden was outstanding. He had an interception. He had a couple of tackles that he won. 77% on the passes. You want that to be a little bit higher. Um, wasn't able to create a chance he had two shots that were off target i liked that element from him and he won two or three of his dribbles you know mcfadden was impactful on the night that's that's really impressive considering he had no idea he was going to start until what eight minutes before uh, maybe about 10 minutes before kick
2: yeah very very crazy unusual situation Uh, Kerry Smith says unfortunately we gave up two typical goals turnover and back led to the first and unable to clear a corner led to the second since year one has any team given up as many goals on wide open shots from the top of the box TFC broke our heart with one in the 2019 Eastern Conference final I I don't really remember that
3: that was not a wide open shot quite that way there
2: was an issue in zone 14 which I'll, I'll still say if Miles Robinson is not made to do wind sprints at the end of a match. He did not play by Greg Berhalter a couple weeks before that. Miles Robinson is in that spot. It could be totally different. But, again, that was many, many years ago. Yeah,
3: the, the 2019 Eastern Conference Final, it was plays from Toronto's left, Atlanta's right defensively is where that was lost. You know, clearing the corner, that's not really what happened on the second one. It is a corner, yes, but it's not an attempted clearance. It's a blocked through ball that Moreno's not able to clear because he's not able to try to clear it. He's blocking the pass, and it ends up being deflected right to Preso. So a different situation there, to be clear. Um, The first one is a turnover. And and look, this is a possession team. They're always going to be a possession team. They're always going to want the ball. They're always going to sign players who are good with the ball at their feet. No player is 100% passing every match. It's never going to happen. There are some managers, and Jose Mourinho kind of shifted to this side of thinking, of the more you have the ball, the more opportunity you have to make mistakes. I'll never believe in that mentality. I don't think this club is ever going to be based in that mentality because then you're relying on disrupting the opponent to make something happen or you're relying on them to give you something. You're not going to take it. Atlanta United's a team that wants to take it, but – when you have the ball, yes, you can make a mistake. And George Campbell made a mistake on the first one, and they weren't able to recover defensively. We keep getting questions
2: about the Westberg-Arujou incident, which, yeah, look, that's a big play in this match. It is. It, it it's is. a 1-1 game. Uh, when it occurs, you're, you're pretty deep into the second half. Will Secor is suggesting that was a dog-so offense by Westberg.
3: I think what Will was saying, is he's been responding to us talking about it before, and that if you call a foul there, and it, it would, yeah, it would have to be show, right? Yeah, and that that's that also adds to the the decision. And, and, you know, we talk about referee decisions a lot, and sometimes we get very frustrated with referee decisions. This one, it's a judgment call. You could have gone either way. I, I don't like the nature of the challenge from Westberg, but it's not as obvious as a, a lunching studs up. Uh, but it could still be as dangerous. So it's just in the way that, those kinds of challenges are accepted that one's not called as often that kind of challenge is just not going to get the call as often does it get called by some referees yes does it like we saw tonight not get called yes it's it's not an obvious error to me and it's not something that you're going to look at I think as the VAR I don't there was a lot of time I never got the impression it was being checked.
2: No, we never saw Freeman, like, touch his ear or anything like that. Yeah,
3: I mean, it was so long because of of both players being banged up that he might not have had to. It it could have been looked at. I'm sure it was. I'm sure they gave it a couple of looks. But it's not a clear and obvious error. I have – would have loved the call, but I don't think yeah. it's an obvious one that was needed to be called, uh, if uh, that th- makes sense. My
2: only issue with it that I, I really did have is I, I still don't know how Aruju comes out. Oh, that was crazy. And, and thinking more about how it was scored, and again, I have to reiterate what Opta gives us is not the referee's report. Play was restarted with a drop ball. So that tells me that it could not have been a reckless offense on no. Luis Aruju, that it had to be time-wasting descent. I don't think it made sense that you would think Arruge would be wasting yeah, Atlanta's time, time there. not time-wasting. And I he was clearly it hurt. Descent. It would have had to have been
3: dissent. Yeah. And
2: if that's the case, you know we don't know.
3: Uh, yeah, he would have had to have said something really special in my mind because of the collision and the nature of it.
2: Well, in any event, uh, Atlanta United suffers a 2-1 loss here tonight in Toronto, and it's not going to get easier. They have to turn around. They'll go back home tomorrow to Atlanta, but then right back on the plane Wednesday and Thursday, they go to the torture chamber that is Red Bull Arena, where not only has Atlanta United never won, they've never even scored a goal there. We'll preview that match as we wrap up the full-time report right after this. 2-1, Atlanta United falls to Toronto tonight on Sports Radio 92.9, the game.
0: Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. That
2: should be it. That is
0: it. Full time. This is the full
2: time report on
0: sports radio, 92, nine, the game.
2: All right. So Atlanta United again, suffering a two, one loss tonight here in Toronto. Uh, That's interesting. Jason Atlanta United now with the loss falls to one, five and one on the road this year. Uh, I guess one six and one across all competitions, but one five and one in league play. Do you know right now there are seven Eastern Conference teams, Atlanta's one of them, with one or fewer road win this year? When you add the Western Conference, 11 teams in this league have won one or fewer road games so far this year. That's almost 40% of the league. It's tough to win on the road. Atlanta United found that out tonight. The bad news is they still have two more road matches to go on this trip.
3: Yeah, this league is maybe out of the the major leagues worldwide. The most home field advantage is in MLS. And I don't know why exactly. I don't know if it's – you know, more travel, I don't know if it's the differences in climate as you go throughout the season. I, I don't know. I mean, that, that's typically how it's been. It feels like it's even more exaggerated this year.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Uh, well, I mean, compared to most other domestic leagues, feels like there's way more airplane travel in MLS compared to most other domestic yeah, leagues. Uh, some teams play on turf. Some teams play on grass. You're right about the climate. You're right about conditions. Uh, it's also a summer league, where, whereas most domestic leagues play during the winter. So conditions come into play that way as well. Uh, could be a lot of different reasons, but I, I think more than anything else, it just speaks to the parity of Major League Soccer. That too. And uh, you know, look, New York Red Bulls—one of those teams that somehow has find themselves near the top of the Eastern Conference table, even though I don't think they've been necessarily spectacular at any point this year. We might learn a little bit more about them tomorrow when they play at lafc but that's gonna be a tough turnaround for red bulls to play sunday in california and then come back for a home match thursday night at red bull arena but you do worry too about atlanta united and their injury situation going into that match now
3: for a team that's based on physical effort like the red bulls playing a short rest is tough and flying across the country is tough Atlanta has to take advantage, and the way you take advantage of those kinds of situations is your quality on the ball. You know, the question will be for Gonzalo Pineda going into that game, what is the health situation of Brooks Lennon? I think it would have to be right now from what we saw, uh, very difficult to expect him to play on these next two games. You have to think about the two games combined to a degree. You'll have Tiago Almada back for the second one. So you know that you can go with Ronaldo Cisneros here. And if he runs himself into the ground, he runs himself into the ground. And you don't have him for Sunday. Okay, you know that. But defensively, against a team that's going to press, do you want to have an extra center back and play three center backs? But then who is your stopgap if you have an injury there? Because you have to think about that too. Right. So, you know, do you do an emergency call-up on Noah Cobb or on on Nelson Orgy from Atlanta United, too, who are playing right now in Oakland? they got to wait and see how they come out of that game. So, it's how do you handle it? I think you handle the Red Bulls and Atlanta United, when they've handled them their best, is by being high quality on the ball and playing through that press. When they've played their best against the Red Bulls, it's been in those moments. The other alternative is and if this is the situation and you're worried about legs and you're not going to be at full strength and you have to figure that out, do you concede possession and do you just play long and try to play off the ball? I don't think this team's really built to do that. I don't think they're built to do that from a defensive perspective. But against the Red Bulls, then they're in an awkward position because they have to carry the play. It could get interesting with just where both teams are coming into this game both teams might have to do something they're not comfortable doing. Yeah, will just have to wait until Thursday and find out.
2: Yeah, it will be very interesting. It's an unusual kickoff time. Keep that in mind, 8 o'clock Thursday night. So Jason and I will be with you for the Five Stripes Countdown, 7.30 Thursday night from Red Bull Arena in Harrison, New Jersey. I want to thank you for joining us tonight. Our producer was Dylan Matthews. For Jason Longshore, I'm Mike Conti. The final score again, Atlanta United falling to Toronto FC 2-1. Here in Toronto, we'll see you Thursday night from New Jersey. Thanks for joining us tonight here on Sports Radio 92.9
1: The Game. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget.